Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Boat Trader is America's largest boating marketplace with over 100,000 boats to choose from. We offer simple, comprehensive solutions for those looking to sell, find, and finance new or used boats. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started. From the nation's capital, this is the Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast with your host, Rob Snowett. This is the Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast. My name is Rob Snow White. This is episode 192, the Fly Fishing Show in Edison, New Jersey. I focus on small businesses where I can, the people that you may or may not heard of without the big advertising budgets. I also focus a little bit on the women's showcase. However, the best conversation I had at the show was not recorded. It was with one of the employees guarding the doors after the drunk Polish guys came through. And the gentleman fishes hundreds of miles offshore in the northeast and had crazy stories about what he's seen at night and the fish he has brought up and the techniques. I wish I had recorded that. I was finally able to meet Pat Dorsey and I recorded Landon Mayer tying at the Umqua booth. Feel free to fast forward through the bar scene towards the end. Most of the activity happens at the end of that five-minute segment, and I definitely did have the flu. I spent three days in bed. Thankfully, I got a flu shot months before going to the show. Some of the people that got sick, I didn't shake hands with, so I know I may not have been the point of contact for the illness. I hope you enjoy the show. It might be a little long. You can break it up into different listening segments. I will be at the Fly Fishing Show in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. This podcast is brought to you by Speedwell Law. If you are under the age of 40, you can receive 20% off in the month of February. Are you a resident of Virginia and thinking about retiring in the next five years? Do you have your will in order? Speedwell Law offers flat rate estate planning packages that include the most important documents to ensure you and your family receive the care and support you need from people you love and trust. Call Misha Gill with Speedwell Law at 703-553-2577, speedwelllaw.com. Thank you for listening to this episode. 
All right, it's about 8 o'clock on the eve of the fly fishing show in the new location, which is Edison, New Jersey, no longer in Somerset. I take it we're a couple miles east, but the roads here are so crazy that I really have no idea what direction I made at any point here. The ride up was easy. I took the long way. It's about 15 to 20 miles longer, but I went through Pennsylvania, Maryland, Pennsylvania, and then New Jersey. So I avoided all the tolls and any possible traffic on 95. I also got to stop off and say hi to producer Jason at Jason's house where this is being polished up right now. He lives in a crazy old house with a lot of stairs. He must be in really good shape. I finally got to meet his wife after many, many years of just hearing about her. And Jason has a lot of guitars. It's overwhelming. It's like me with fly rods. And they're all upstairs. He had to haul all of that stuff upstairs at some point. The furniture too. Got to the venue maybe around 4 o'clock-ish. And it is in the middle of kind of absolute nowhere. This is the place, I think, in The Sopranos where they would dump bodies. I'm not really sure. And I walked to the venue. First impression is it's massive. The event space is huge compared to the last one. I find my booth, which is at the end, complete end of the row of tires, right down by the food court. And as I was bringing my stuff in, a little social was gathering. There was some beer and hors d'oeuvres, and everyone was hanging out there. I did a little walkthrough to see just everything before the chaos tomorrow. There are so many nonprofits, countless travel companies, new magazines, apparel, reels, rods that I've never even heard of. I don't even know if I'll get a chance to go to booth to booth. My tying table is separated by three people, so I don't know if we're all going to tie at the same time or what, but I should have plenty of time to swap out and go walk around and do some shopping. i got to buy a couple tying materials, got to get some hooks, and I'm, of course, looking for a size 13 or 14 wading boot just because I always get that one client every year. Got to hang out with, let's see, Dan Devala back from TPFR Orvis, Arlington, the godfather of two-handed rods on the Potomac title section. Mauser Rods, hung out with Kiki Galvin, hung out with the guy from TFO that had size 32 midges that he catches trout on in West Virginia. I've got pictures of them. They just look like a puff of dust. Saw Crosby, talked to Flycraft guys. And then everyone just sort of cleared out to go to restaurants. I had nothing special for dinner. I wanted to go to the diner that created the Jersey Sloppy Joe. So look up original New Jersey Sloppy Joe, Town Hall Diner. It's just layers of meat, coleslaw, and meat piled high. And this was a sandwich that my Jersey cousins would always have at family gatherings, be it a funeral bar mitzvah, wedding, baby naming, engagement party. No matter where we were in the New Jersey, Pennsylvania area, 
There was always a giant tray of these New Jersey Sloppy Joes. They are amazing. But I didn't want to drive 23 miles round one way and back for 23 minutes. Regardless, after driving all day, I decided it would be easier just to not drive there. I think we've got to be there around 9 in the morning, so I'll probably show up around 8, finish setting up, hopefully talk to the other guys at my table. Just have fun tying all day, hanging out, hearing stories, hopefully not shaking too many germy hands. I'm hoping this venue's got better ventilation, so the smell of flatus and mothballs does not have to sit around all of our noses. So that's it for tomorrow. I'm going to be tying up my new bass fly. It's the love child of an articulated bass fly that I used to make. Actually, it was non-articulated, so it's the butt end of that tied to an intruder-style fly on a size 2 4X long hook. It's pretty cool looking. You'll see pictures of it. has not been named yet. That's it. I'll talk to you tomorrow. All right, we're with Tony. Do you want to introduce yourself? Sure. My name is Tony Ritter, and I live in a town called Narrowsburg, New York, which is on the beautiful Upper Delaware River, about a half an hour north of Port Jervis, New York, and it's about two hours northwest of Manhattan. Uh, so we're very close to the uh, New Jersey, New York metropolitan area. I uh, have operated a uh, drift boat guide service for 24 years doing half-day and full-day charters, and we target wild browns, wild rainbows. We have a great shad run in the springtime. We also have walleye, and we also have smallmouth bass for the youngsters in the summertime. So you've got a full year-round fishery. It is great, and uh, it's, uh, it's a beautiful western-type river. So it's a western meaning that it's a wide river. It has plenty of uh, different uh, river sections that you might like, uh, like pocket water, riffles, runs, big pools. Uh, the pools are maybe about 12 feet uh, long. And, I'm sorry, 12 feet deep. And also it's all private property on the Pennsylvania side and on the New York side. Pretty clean riverbanks then. It is. New York City gets most of their drinking supply from the Delaware River. That's about 8 million people. There's two huge reservoirs up there. So uh, we have plenty of insect life. Uh, so if you're a fly fisherman, we've got caddis hatches, we've got mayfly hatches, we've got stonefly hatches, and then also if you throw streamers, we've got a lot of dace and uh, different types of uh, bait fish as well. What are you tying this weekend? It looks like a lot of snowshoe pair. I use a lot of snowshoe rabbit because when I say wild fish, most of the uh, trout on the river came from California back in the late 1800s and they're rainbows that came from the Sierras. And they're very fussy fish, uh, strong fish. We've caught rainbows up to 23 inches, but they are also particular in how they eat. So I use a lot of snowshoe rabbit uh, for emergers and also for dries because they present a very vulnerable looking insect and an impressionistic looking insect. What are the properties of snowshoe hair compared to other types of material? Well, instead of, let's say, if you're using, let's say, a rusty spinner, okay, and that's, that's one pattern that nobody should be without. Um, during a spinner fall, uh, I use snowshoe rabbit for the winging material as opposed to poly, and it's got a lot of buoyancy. It's, uh, it's inexpensive. You can tie a lot of uh, patterns with them, but as far as the buoyancy, it stays up on the uh, surface of the water, it does not need to be treated, and you can see it under uh, low light conditions. 
how does one pick out a good snowshoe foot? Uh, how does one? Well, unless you've got a friend that's hunting snowshoe rabbit, I usually go to eBay and there's a few, a few people in South Dakota that have it. But it basically, uh, today with the internet, you shouldn't have any trouble. You can also get it through Umqua, but the point is, you shouldn't have any trouble trying to find uh, a couple of pads of snowshoe rabbit which are not dyed or not treated uh, through eBay. And if listeners want to hire you for a day out, how can they contact you? Well, I have uh, the business is called Gone Fishing Guide Service. I also keep a blog day by day called Delaware River Fishing, which has live feeds from the Beaver Kill, West Branch, East Branch, Never Sink. Uh, so DelawareRiverFishing.com or GoneFishingGuideService.com or you can also Google Tony Ritter. I've been in business now for about 24 years and all my patterns are online as well. Fantastic. Thanks. Uncle Bob, you want to talk? As far as what? Anything you want to talk about. You want to come down there? Yeah, we're going to switch. We can switch. We're, we're a little crowded back here. The cops just walked by with an AED, so the doors are wide open. All right, let's see if we can maneuver through this. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, we're a little... All little right, Uncle friend. Bob, where are you from? I'm uh, from uh, Vernon, New Jersey. Uh, it's northwest up by High Point, right by the tri-state area. Okay. I imagine you got good pizza and sandwiches up there. Oh, yeah. You're yeah, spoiled. It's, it's very good up that way, and I work down in Bergen County, and you got the best of both worlds up there in restaurants and stores. All right, what are you tying up this weekend? Uh, a lot of uh, Catskill flies with uh, uh, synthetic fibers, uh, uh, international trigger point flyers. Uh, I tie everything from spinners to emergers to duns with it. Uh, it's economical, easy to tie, and they really catch fish. What's your home water? Catskills, Delaware River, West Branch. We were talking to Shad come up. Are there any other just random things you guys might catch up there in the Delaware? I've heard of striped bass. I never have in smallmouth. Striped bass, striped bass are a native uh, species to that river. In fact, I don't want to uh, steal your thunder here, but the thing is the only native fish to the upper Delaware River are shad in season because they come up once a year to spawn from the Atlantic Ocean but also striped bass. Every other uh, game fish that we go for, smallmouth bass, the trout, and the walleye were introduced by a different water drainage, but in the late 1800s. Does sturgeon go up there? At one time, sturgeon was in the Delaware River. In fact, there's, it's still listed in, in, as a regulation in the regulations. Yeah. They're apparently in the Potomac still. I don't think we ever, no one ever sees them. All right. Any other, what else can I ask you? Oh. I just got distracted. They just brought a stretcher out. Oh, really? Yeah, that way. Oh. Somebody must have gone down. It looks like we're all tied on regals this weekend, which is good. Yeah, we're all on regal vices. Yeah, absolutely. Any tips or techniques with using the, the EP and synthetic fibers? Yeah, there's some, some special things you do on putting on the wings. There's various ways. Some are harder than others. Some get better results than others. Um, it's a very good fly. It's durable, uh, and it does catch a lot of fish. It's something they're not used to seeing, and they go after it. Does the material at all dull your scissors? Not that I've noticed, no. What, what dulls my scissors is when I touch a hook or something Absolutely. with them. Yeah, uh, I would say no. 
I would definitely say no. Do you have any online presence or where people can find you to buy your flies? No, I really, I really do more demonstrations. Uh, I'm very active in Kids on the Fly in New Jersey in two chapters. One I just started up by me. Uh, I teach at a lot of fly shops. So I really don't. Occasionally I tie some flies, some custom orders, guys I've been doing through for the years. But most part, I'm more into exhibition and helping people. Now, er- earlier, this, just thought of this, we were, were discussing the, what hackles used to be like. So can, uh, can you tell us... When I, when I got in this business, materials, I say business, in the 60s when I was a kid, getting dry fly hackles was an impossible task. You had to go, there was no Mets necks or Collins or whatever. There was nothing except Indian necks. And sometimes you go through a hundred necks to get the uh, right ten, ten feathers. Wow. It, you know, uh, you were constantly sorting. Uh, big supplier of materials in New Jersey at the time was Reed Tackle, and they were an importer that sold locally, but they sent distri- you know, distributed to other stores, and it was very hard to get good materials. And the other thing was, back then, nobody taught fly time. You had to learn yourself. There were no videos, no YouTube, uh, no courses you could go to. You had to either learn yourself or been taken under the wing by some tire that was was good. In my case, I had a neighbor that tied uh, flies commercially and let, let, the use, let me used to watch him. And that's how I learned. All right. Well, it looks like you got some people. So yeah. thanks for the time, Uncle Bob. All right. Thank you. All right. Let's start talking Orvis 50-50. Okay. So 50-50 on the water is an Orvis-led industry-wide initiative to increase gender parity on the rivers. Really, there's three pillars to this campaign that Orvis is trying to do. We're trying to make it easy for women to fly fish by offering education opportunities and to break down barriers like uh, gear selection and things like that. And then also we're celebrating women in conservation. Really we see as we bring women into the sport of fly fishing, we're telling them how they can do their part to protect our resources. We're building conservationists as we go. And then the third pillar is changing the industry perception by carefully curating images that highlight authentic, real women who we hope to highlight women of all ages and skill levels and sizes and ethnicities as we move forward. And that's really important for us. Inclusive for everybody. Inclusive for everybody. And to show that there is a community of women out there and we want to build on that community to make it true 50-50 on the water. We have, a, we have ways to go, but we... You know, it's growing every day. Orvis understands that this is bigger than just one company. This is an industry-wide effort. And with this campaign comes an I dare you to the industry. And we really want to see everybody try and do one of four, at least one of four things in the next 12 months. And that's host a women's event, a women-centric event to build on that education and gear selection, to host and throw a women's only fly fishing class, as well as a trip. And also the fourth is to mentor anybody, any woman coming up in the industry, whether it's in a company, in a, as a guide, in a fly shop, and just really try and, and mentor them as they learn. Because we need more women guides on the water. You want to talk about some of the soft goods you have too? Absolutely. It's not just marking something pink and saying, oh, it's for ladies. No, and you know, we're, I'm proud to work for a company that really has put a lot of work 
and 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 shown that we're not only just listening to what women want, but we're doing something about it. And of course, we're way past the you know the uh, even idea of trying not to shrink and pick it. We've really built out our women's trout bum line. We're introducing a really great select collection called Orvis Outsmart. And it has UPF and Insect Shield in the fabrics. And right now we have two pieces that are live. We have our crew neck long sleeve tee and our wading pant over here. And they're great. I've tested them myself. They definitely work. And then we're building on that collection. We're building it out to an eight-piece collection mid-spring. Dry release has been a huge program for us. We have a lot of cuts there. We have a quarter zip, a crew neck, a tank top, uh, a short sleeve crew, as well as awesome button-down shirts. You know, you can go, you can go bank to bar. You know, and really wear this as an every everyday style but it, it also ha- they have all these technical abilities that are kind of working silently in the background so women don't have to worry they're, they fit well and they're working is there a specific social media for the 5050 so we're really trying to have everybody use our hashtag 5050 on the water that's 5050 on the water and it's if you just search it and look at that hashtag you see amazing things happening out there the community is really growing and it's exciting to watch and see where can we find you online me online or instagram i am i'm a shine vermont on instagram so yeah thanks jackie thank you well the show for us right now at the kids table is extremely slow i went out to get hooks from fly shack and some tie material and came back and missed nothing i went over to the condiment section to build a sandwich with the honey mustard and spicy golden mustard they have over there and came back to my booth and missed nothing went over to the dewberry of ireland tried on some wellies came back and missed nothing it's quite the quiet day where we are people are going to the bar and cafe and, and leaving the bar and cafe but not really stopping here with us so far the highlight is uncle bob bringing cronuts to our booth it, that's the love child of the donut and the croissant if you walk around the aisles they're busy you can hear it right now it's very loud in here but we're just not getting any foot traffic so I might go walk around a bit it's 12 16 now I had maybe a dozen people at the most stop by it's a little less busy than last year the place is laid out like Pac-Man so you go up one aisle and turn right and then go uh, make a left and go up another one. It's kind of just as crazy laid out as the roads here in New Jersey. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com There's a drunk Polish guy. He's large and in charge, and he figured out that the door next to us is not alarmed. He keeps going out and smoking, and every time he opens the door, all of our materials blow off the table. So it's been a little troublesome with him. I think he's on his fourth IPA. I saw him finish his first at 10.30. So I think I'm going to go walk around, look for some more stuff. I bought socks yesterday. Again, three pairs of Woolrich socks with red feet on them. Now I have five pairs of the same socks. I don't have to worry about mismatching my socks. 
Dan Davalo is going to go to the skate park later. And that's about it for right now. It's good to hear some listeners of this podcast stopping around. Hopefully some more local folks come by. And I'm tying a couple patterns for people. They want to see how I tie the Snallygaster worm. Some of the other patterns. And my area is very clean because the big gusts of wind. That's about it. I think I'm going to go walk around and check out some more people, some booths, do some interviews. All right, we're at the Women's Showcase. You want to say hi? Hi. Yeah, absolutely. I'm Michelle Cummings. I'm the author of the new novel, The Real Sisters. And The Real Sisters is a story about a group of women fly fishers. There are five main components to a fly rod, and there are five women in my story. And each one of their personalities kind of matches one of the five main components of a fly rod. So the book itself, it's a fun story about women that go fly fishing together. There are four of the women that kind of know each other ahead of time and that go on some great fly fishing adventures together. And then the fifth woman kind of accidentally falls into the group. And uh, they kind of take her under her under their wing and teach her how to fly fish. And so throughout the book, each woman tells her own story, which is great. And they're each on their own journey. And they really do learn a lot about themselves and about life through, you know, the sport of fly fishing and, and really how we learn something new about ourselves each time that we step into the river. Is it based in Colorado by chance? It is, absolutely. That's where I'm based. I live in uh, Littleton, Colorado, which is a suburb of Denver. And so uh, I feel that we've got some really great uh, rivers right there in, in Colorado. It was easy for me to do recon on the book. I mean, you have to go fly fishing, right, if you're going to write a novel about absolutely. fly fishing. So. So, yeah, it made it easy for me to, you know, I have a little vintage travel trailer, so I would just pull my travel trailer to the river, and I'd write for a little while. And then when I needed something to add to the story, I would just wait her up and go into the river. And usually the river always provided exactly what I needed to have happen next in the story. Fantastic. What's your home water, would you say, out there? Uh, let's see. I fish the South Platte a lot because it's not too far from my house. What is a particular spot you want to uh, Let's see here. Um, I don't know if I want to give away all my secret. Okay. We'll no, just keep it in the I'm South I'm totally Platte. kidding. Yeah, no, it's the, the North Fork of the, of the South Platte is my favorite. And then up in the Deckers area as well, um, I fish that. And then uh, every April, I go to the Arkansas River and try to hit the Caddis Hatch. It's such a beautiful, big river. And, you know, late late spring is when the Caddis fly will we'll hatch. The Mother's Day Caddis Hatch? The Mother's Day Caddis Hatch, absolutely. It's, uh, I've, I've, in the seven or eight years that I've hit the river every April, I've hit it one one time massively, where it just looks like snow is bursting off the rock, off the water. It's pretty awesome. And that's your chance to get away from the kids for Mother's Day. And that's their present. Exactly. Yes. There, there's the there's beauty in uh, in that as well. To where I can be, I'm a better mom and a better businesswoman and all that when I do have that time to recharge, go out, have a little me time learn a little bit about myself in the river and then uh, come back home and I'm refreshed and a better mom. So, Where can people find the book? Absolutely. You can either go to therealsisters.com and learn a little bit more about the book and the five different characters there or uh, amazon.com. It's uh, We're going to have a special on February 1st where it's going to be uh, the Kindle version will only be $2.99 that day. It's uh, $9.99 normally. And then the book, the print book is $17.99 and it's Amazon Prime and, and whatnot there. How's the women's showcase and the show going? It's going awesome. Yeah, it's been uh, the the workshops that have supported the women's showcase has been really great. Lots of women teaching other women about the sport of fly fishing. Great different workshops uh, from skill based workshops to more inspiring and, and informing people about you know why we keep fish wet and how do we layer in the winter and uh, different you know how to fish tailwaters and different things like that. So great educational 
workshops as well as busy back here. It is. The showcase itself has, you know, Athena and Artemis fly shop. It's women's fly shop. We've got fishware that uh, has functional and fashionable fishing wear. I have uh, I have a great set of fishware tights and a skirt and I like their bags. Yes, their bags are really amazing cool. as well. Um, some great artists, some jewelry. And uh, Orvis and their 5050 by 2020 initiative, they're here back here as well, as well as Casting for Recovery, which is uh, a great organization that supports women uh, battling breast cancer. So There are more people back here than have walked by me all day. Yeah, absolutely. And we set up a little campfire ring it's in the out. center. The out. Uh, yeah, it looks like it needs new batteries there. But, uh, but yeah, it's a little campfire, a little battery-operated campfire where, where we can gather around and tell some great fish stories and there's a women's social here at the 330 as well where there'll be um, some food and some wine and nice. and uh, just hang out and supporting women supporting women where can we find you on social media uh, let's see our Facebook page uh, we just look, search for the real sisters I've got a great video there that shares a little bit about why I decided to write this book um, as well as on Instagram um, it's hashtag real sisters and uh, also on Twitter, at, uh, if you search for The Real Sisters book, it's there as well. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you, Rob. We are now at Athena and Artemis. Want to introduce yourself? Sure. My name is Jerry Meyer, and um, I own this crazy women's fly shop, and it's an online shop. I also have a brick-and-mortar shop called The Driftless Angler, so that's kind of how this happened. Um, I had all this stuff, and I am... A guide, and so I thought I need as much, you know, as many products as I can get. I have in my shop, but I thought, well, I'm not going to get a whole lot of people to come to Wisconsin. I get some, and they should come. But um, yeah, I thought I'm going to put it all online and, and have it in one spot, so ladies have a choice. Yeah. Where's home for you? Uh, it's called Baroqua, Wisconsin. It's in the Driftless area, portion, Driftless portion of Wisconsin, and yeah, small spring-fed creeks and lots and lots of trout water. Yes, I've, I've fished forever. I'm originally from the Northwest, so it's been in my blood for a while. And um, so What sort of lady-oriented products do you sell? Um, so we, we sell gear. I sell waders, boots, jackets, um, pretty much anything that any... Well, so we... Sims, Patagonia, Orvis, Reddington, trying to think, uh, Corkers. Any hot items that are selling more than others this weekend? Uh, well, so the new waiters are doing... Oh, Orvis is... All the new waiters are, are doing very well, and they're actually really high quality. So the Orvis ultralights are awesome. That's... A, that's Unfortunately, I don't, even, I don't even have them here with me, but I will at all the next shows. They're just coming out. Um, that waiting jacket, the Orvis waiting jacket is awesome. Corkers, Buckskin Marys, those are actually... I'm selling those. Anything Sims. Sims makes good stuff. Patagonia makes amazing stuff. So... Um, yeah, uh, it, just the fact that there is now not just a bunch of crappy gear slapped on a, you know, with a women's tag slapped on it, and here you go, that's all you get. I mean, there's some really technical pieces coming out, and obviously a lot of money, and um, a, a lot of people are putting some time into technology for gear for women, so it's a, it's, a, it's a good time. There's a lot of momentum in the women's fly fishing world right now. Are you getting a lot of foot traffic? Yeah, we are. I mean, I've not been to this show. I've been to the Jersey show a couple times. Um, this is, and I've been to some other bigger shows, but this this shows it's nice. It's in a new venue, um, lots and lots of space. The women's program um, it is excellent. Lots of women speakers. Um, so seeing a lot of female faces, not only in my shop but just in the you know listening to the other speakers, um, it's it's pretty empowering. Fantastic. Yeah. Are you going to do any other shows this season? I am. <laughs> I am um, 
a lot of other shows. I've got a Great Water show in Minneapolis in March. I've got a show in Detroit, uh, Midwest Fly Fishing Expo. I go to Texas for the Guadalupe Trout Unlimited big show there. Um, I'm missing a couple. I've got a couple others. So um, if you mention you heard this podcast, you'll get a free Swedish fish. Oh, you get at the uh, you get five and a st- sticker and candy. Nice. Come on. Cool. Yeah, Where you get can, to talk to some cool ladies. Yeah, what's uh, what's your social media presence? Where can people follow you? Because I found you through Instagram yeah. at the Denver show. Yep, Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. Um, yeah, we're, uh, you know, I can't say that we're terribly active. I try to be, but I also guide and run a brick-and-mortar shop, so I'm kind of a busy lady, but I, I try. Um, but they can find me there anyway. We'd have to do a separate podcast just on your guiding business. Oh, we'll, have to do that <laughs> well, that would be very cool. Yeah, we can do that over Skype. Yeah, absolutely. All right, very cool. Well, thanks for all the good work you're doing, and yeah. enjoy the foot traffic because this you. is not what I'm experiencing. Oh, nice. That's yeah. why I'm here because no yeah. one's where I am. Oh, okay. So great. The ladies' section is where yeah. it's at. Very cool. All right, <laughs> thanks so much. Thank you. Have a good one. 2488H, which is going to be our hook here. And I love the 88H because it has a straight eye and it's 2X strong. So this thing's not going to straighten out. You can also tie with this down to a size 22. So you could do a small midge, hook a steelhead right in the lip, and you're not going to have to worry about it straightening out. Then we're going to apply a 332nd hothead bead. And I'm going to use orange here, but you could use pink, you could use black, whatever color combo you prefer. And a lot of times when people are applying beads to hooks, let me go ahead and flatten that guy out. They're not always going to get away with color combos, but anytime you can do something bright to represent an egg or something to attract the fish over, that can make all the difference in the world. There we go. Get that guy on. I'll place it into the vise. Now, next up, one of my favorite materials I've been using lately is micro pine squirrel. If you haven't tried micro pine squirrel, similar to the squirrel or zonker, this stuff is so small that you can get away with tying the fly down to a size 20. So now you're dealing with natural freshwater leeches, which aren't always going to be two inches long. If they're two inches long, I'm going to stop wet waiting tomorrow. Most of your freshwater leeches are going to be an inch to a half an inch in length. So check that stuff out. Feel that, feel how supple it is too. It really does work wonders. And when I cut that, I'm going to cut off on the skin a strip that's about an inch in length. And that's going to be the distance or the length of the fly. So it's going to be relatively small. We're also going to use black ADOT uni thread. We're going to use black or red crystal flash to represent the body. And when I use flash on a fly, I typically like to match the color to the season. So if I do red, red's a great attractor. If I were fishing during the summer, you could do green or yellow to represent a natural food supply. Or you could even do orange or something to represent when they're used to seeing eggs. So any flash you put on, just remember you can match it to a specific season. And then my other favorite material is going to be ostrich. And I like to use large ostrich plumes. And large ostrich plumes are nice because when you get them wet and they're below the water surface, they go up straight like a fence and they hold their profile, which is really nice. You get breathability, but it doesn't mash down against the hook shank, so it really does work well. So I'm going to give you one of these so I can trade you back when you gave me the balanced leech. Remember that a couple of years ago? For sure. So I'm going to grab one piece of the ostrich, and again, that's going to build up the head of the leech. And when you're wrapping ostrich under the hook, the thing to remember is that 
there's one side of the material that has a spine. The other side of the material, it's material itself. When you apply this under the hook shank, we want the spine facing the eye of the hook. That way when I wrap the material forward, it's going to stand up tall and straight like a fence. If the spine is facing the bend of the hook and I wrap it forward, it's going to mash down on the hook shank. So always keep that in mind when you're prepping your material, especially when we're dealing with the ostrich. Here's the other one. I was showing them Phil the micro pine squirrel. That's my new love right there. That's good stuff. So with ADOT uni thread starting behind the bead, I'm going to bend the thread over the top of the hook shank. And then as I'm wrapping back towards the bend of the hook, I'm going to elevate the tag end of thread. By wrapping on that tag end, elevate it up, I'm going to get nice, even thread wraps on the body. And that's going to represent where I'm going to build up the flash. Again, I'm not going to go too far back. Right about there should be a suffice, and I'm going to break that thread. Now, I break the thread because it looks cool, but I warn you, when you look cool like that, sometimes you'll break the thread off the fly, and everything falls apart in front of you. So it's just part of it. We're all human. we got to get used to doing it. For the crystal flash, what we're going to do is grab one strand. And again, I'm going to use black to represent a black leech here, but you can get away with various color combos and mix and match to your heart's content. Grab one strand of the crystal flash, and then I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to cut that in half to save some of my materials. To apply this to the hook shank, I'm going to grab that one strand of crystal flash, and I'm going to bend it around the thread. I'll then elevate the thread up, and I'm going to slide that down to the hook shank. After I do that, I'm going to wrap back on top of the material two or three times and then continue moving forward. That's going to secure the materials down so when I wrap it forward towards the eye of the hook, it's not going to unravel. Everything's going to stay in place. Then using my thumb and index finger on my dominant hand and my non-dominant hand, I'm going to trade materials going over the top of the hook shank and underneath and then watch out for the hook point. By doing this I have control of the materials as I start wrapping them forward and the crystal flash even if it separates you just want a nice even body that you can build up towards the bead or the eye of the hook. I'll then wrap that down with three loose wraps and then switch hands and secure wrap that down. Then I'm going to cut that tag in fairly short. Now next up when we apply the micro pine squirrel I'm going to clean off the front end of the skin from the fur, leaving an exposed piece of skin that we see there. Now when I cut that, I'm going to cut it flat on the front face side, and I want it about the same distance as when I'm going to build up a collar. So I need to measure the distance of the skin. Now once I clean that skin off, I'm going to use the pinch method, where I pinch the vise, the hook, and the material at the same time. And then I'll come up after I pinch all of these, and I'm going to do one loose wrap. And I'm going to let go and just check my mohawk. Now that looks like a nasty thing on a hook, right? But it's not going to shine when it's on the hook or in the bend. It's when you get it wet. When it's wet, you see what the fly represents. So I encourage you to do that, but I don't encourage you to go to your local fly shop with a cup of water, grabbing flies out of the bend, dipping them in water, and looking and going, nah, that's not going to work, and put it back in the bend. If you do that and the shop owner yells at you, then I'm in trouble. So don't even think about doing that at the shop. Now, as we wrap that skin moving forward towards the bead, I'm going to build a nice, smooth runway. And the trick here is I'm going to build up a nice, even thread base. But when you're applying the next material, being the ostrich, you need a flat runway. You don't want any potholes, dips, or valleys. If you get a dip and you wrap that material forward, the ostrich isn't going to stand up straight like a fence. It's going to mash down. So we need to make sure we need to build a nice, even runway. And again, we're going to build that thread up behind the bead to prevent the bead from sliding back. And when I'm doing the hothead mini leech, I'm a fan of orange, but other waterways, still waters or rivers, sometimes it's pink. So I'll have pink and orange supplied in my box ready to go. 
Now the mini leech is available with Umqua right now in black, sculp and olive and rust, but it's also going to be available next year with the hothead series. So we're going to have numerous hotheads that we can use and adapt and adjust with the bead. I'll then come up and I'm going to grab that cleaned off spine and again, I want the spine facing the eye of the hook and you need to check the material, the material facing the bend. And I'm going to put that near side along the thorax of the fly and then supply one loose wrap. Make sure it's in the right place and the spine is facing forward. Then I'll wrap that thread forward towards the bead and stop behind the bead. Now just like we did with the crystal flash, I'm going to trade off the thumb and index fingers and I'm going to wrap over the top of the hook shank trade off below and I'm going to build that collar moving forward towards the bead and you can see how it stands up nice and straight. That's a beautiful collar there and that represents the head or the mouth of the leech and again when that's wet it's going to pulsate, undulate and breathe but it's not going to mash down so it's going to look like a leech. Leech has a thick mouth or head taper skinny to the tail side of the fly and that's really going to allow you more life and movement. Then going to cut that flush come back with that thread and I'm going to clean off behind the bead just building up a nice thread collar. Once I'm secure with that and I've been having fits with my whip finish today so if that's the case and it doesn't work don't laugh at me because a good chance you'll be next. I'm going to whip finish that around two or three times lift that up slide it down usually two knots and again when we come back with our Loctite super glue which is still moist the way that I'm going to apply super glue to make this a durable fly. So this is cool. If you grab, whoop, that one got it. If you grab a magnet, thanks for saving that. And if you put one drop of Loctite super glue on a magnet, because oxygen can't penetrate the super glue, that will stay moist for two hours. So that allows you to make every one of your flies durable. And all I'm simply going to do here is grab the wire. I'm going to dip the wire into the super glue, which gives me small droplets of super glue. I'm then going to apply those right behind the bead on the thread to secure my fly. And if I need to do that, I can lift up the micro pine squirrel, put one drop behind, and that's the egg-sucking mini leech. Easy tie, very effective. And then lastly, if I want to make any adjustment to this fly to make it a smaller leech versus a large leech, the way that you do that is you're going to lift the material, bend it over the blade of your scissors, and I'm going to cut it short, and that allows the tag end of the fur to extend off the back end. So always keep scissors in your pack handy, ready to go. But again, if I have this in a size 20 and I trail the little small tubage off the backside in the spring or the fall, it's amazing how many fish will react, especially larger trout. Larger trout, if they come out of their comfort zones being deep runs or structure, a lot of times they'll chase a streamer and then shy away, chase a streamer, shy away. But if we do the same effect where I have a moving fly like the leech drifting into a structure zone, you'll get the attention and the predatory reaction of a large trout, and you're not forcing them to a shelter lie on the edge. So it makes all the difference in the world to get these fish to take. And that's just dead drifting. Dead drifting? Here's the way I fish it. I do this unweighted as a main fly, weighted as a trailing fly. This can be a lead streamer or a trailing streamer, or to really get a fish pissed off and get them aggravated to where they're going to feed, drop it two, or two, two to two and a half feet below a hopper. So a hopper on the surface, a beadhead mini leech below, pulsating and undulating, sky's the limit. And also for the variety of seasons that you can fish it in as well. Super easy. I'm with Linda right now, and you want to tell us about your booth and your company. Sure. Hi, I'm Linda Leary, and I'm the founder of Fishware. So we've been in business since uh, 2015, so about two years. 
and we are um, based in Alaska, and we have been designing um, fishing clothing for women, so mostly base layer stuff, so you can go from the river to dinner, and with whatever you're wearing under your waders, and and then we've also been designing bags and um, waiting belts and everything that goes together. So, is there a specific artist that designs your? So we have an artist, an in-house artist that works for us, and then we have a graphic designer that also does some work. So yeah, yeah, we've been lucky to have some great art. The bag is what catches my eye. It's a dry bag roll top, and it's just really cool color patterns on. Thank you. Yeah, so we have a roll top that's a tote, and then we also have a backpack. So those are in three styles, and we'll be coming out with some more as well. So yeah, hats and some. Yep. Belts as well. Yep. So we have waiting belts, and then this year for Christmas we always do something special. So we have dog collars that match waiting belts because what guide or fisherman doesn't like to have their dog out on the river? My dog won't go on the drift and it boat. Matches. <laughs> and then we have neck tubes that match the items, and they all can kind of mix and match together. Um, hats. So we have trucker hats, and then we have some jackets. We did a Kickstarter a couple years ago, about a year ago, and then we designed a line of wool clothing. So it's a wool skirted leg, legging that's merino wool with a matching top and neck tubes. So that was a big hit. We were, uh, met our goal on, on um, Kickstarter and exceeded it. That was cool. Hoodies and with a grayling on it. Is it mostly Alaskan-themed fish that you do? Um, we have been doing primarily Alaskan fish, but the salmon, that kind of goes back and forth between others, and the rainbow trout. And then we are coming out with um, a redfish, so we're going to do a little Gulf of Mexico fish, so we're going to do a saltwater, start a saltwater series as well. And then we're working on a brown trout, and so we'll do some of the Rockies and others. What made you decide to start your own line of fly fishing equipment? Gear and soft goods. So, uh, been in the trucking business for 30 years. If you ever watched Ice Road Truckers, uh, I was one of the owners of Carlisle Trucking, and we sold our company about three years ago. And um, I was looking for something else to do. And I've been fishing since I grew up in Maine, and went to Alaska. I've been fly fishing and taking clients fishing for years. So we always would think about what other kind of clothes we'd like to wear that wasn't black, gray or all over green so i see turquoise seems to be almost the theme the motif is that plan? yeah well it is if you kind of look at it it kind of helps things kind of match as you go through um we had one gentleman come in and he said i like your colors it's kind of a dark bright so that's kind of a, been a fun theme um that and then, woman looks just like our friend helen from back home yeah, she. Yeah, she's a flight attendant for Alaska Airlines, based in Alaska. Oh, I and, got to show uh, you a picture of Helen. Yeah, they look remarkably oh, really? similar. Yeah. yeah. So her mom is our photographer. So we also share an office with her, professional photographer. So, yeah. So we've just had lots of inspiration. A lot of people giving us suggestions on fish and designs. So we've got our Orvis bag. So that's the new Orvis bag that came out. Yes. Is your pattern. Yeah. Okay. So a collaboration. Now I put it together. Yeah, so it's a, coll- a collaboration with Orvis. So they reached out about a year ago and said, "Hey, we like your designs." And uh, I would rock that bag. Well, the you bag. Know, is, if I need a new bag. Yeah, it's for it's. Uh, they're selling it for men or women, yeah. either way. So uh, it's been really fun to be able to collaborate with them on that. And then they're also carrying our leggings and neck tubes to match. So. Do you have a brick and mortar, or is it mostly online? So we shows? have a little showroom that we share uh, with our photographer friend who are outgrowing that in Anchorage and we're going to hope to have a uh, 
uh, retail space along with some teaching space. So we bought uh, a company called Women's Fly Fishing about a month ago from a lady who's been in it for 30 years in Alaska, Pudge Klankoff. So Pudge is well known in the uh, fly fishing circles nationally. Yeah, probably. And she's written five books on fly fishing, specifically for women and grayling. That's kind of her passion. So, yeah, so we took over her business, bought it from her to kind of carry on her heritage. So, yeah. Where can we find you online? So our our address is www.fishywear.com. All right. Are you on Instagram? We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. Snapchat once in a while. We're here at the show. We're on Snapchat. You're going to have to go there because you can't see it on microphone. But it's some pretty cool stuff. Thank you for your Thank time. You. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. We're at the Costa booth with Peter. What's uh, new with Costa these days? Well, we've got a bunch of great new product. Uh, let's start by talking about our Sunrise Silver Mirror. But wait, you remember it from last year. It was in poly only. We now have it in glass. So same 580 technology, um, all of that color enhancing features, and the most light transmission of any fully polarized sunglass made. So I've got the plastic ones. I can send in my frames, pay to have them popped out. You can. Our care and repair center, and this is a good thing for everyone to note, if your frames are still good, you can have new lenses put in there if your lenses get scratched up. And in those occasions where you step on your frame, you can send those in, and if your lenses are good, they can put them in different frames. So either or, it's going to cost a little bit to do that, but uh, we'd rather keep you on the road if you still have something that works. I'm going to have to give them a warning about the potpourri smell on yeah, these glasses. That's, that's right. Yeah. Tell us your potpourri story. Oh, they, they've heard it. They've they, heard they, it. They heard they've it heard live it. as it was happening. Okay. That's that good. Was, That's oh. good. At least so, it makes the laundry room smell good when they're in there. Well, I will tell your listeners, I thought I'd heard it all, and then you told me that story. Yeah. <laughs> That's just my life. Uh, so we got the new glass, Sunrise. Yes. Any new frames coming out? We do. We have, we have about a half dozen uh, sport frames, and then we uh, have a... A few more that are more lifestyle. Obviously, the, the lenses uh, will work in any fishing situation. Uh, some of them are O-Search frames, backed by popular demand. So part of a promotion we did with uh, the folks that travel around the world to do great right shark research. We have a whole line that's our O-Search line, and the proceeds go uh, to help support that. We've I've been seen the big logo on the great white boat. That's right, big Costa logo on the great white boat. We have a we have a little van running around with a shark fin on it. So if you see that, it's the uh, O-Search uh, van, which is fun. There's probably some swag in there for you. Um, you know, we, we continue to work with uh, our partners like Trout Unlimited, BTT, uh, uh, CCA. Um, and then, of course, one that we're really proud of that we were founding partner of, which is IndieFly, which uh, helps indigenous people set up fishing operations as an economic alternative to extractive resources. So we help them put those businesses into place. Uh, it means they protect their land, and it means their people don't have to go and uh, work in mines, uh, work in timber, illegal pet trade, sometimes even uh, helps them combat things like drugs and uh, human trafficking. So something we're really proud of. So look out for more on the horizon with IndieFly. You probably know us best from our work in Rewa in Guyana, where we help that village uh, create a lodge to fish for the giant arapaima. Um, but we're working with many, many indigenous people across the world. All right. Yeah. Any other uh, conservation issues you guys are taking up or working on now? 
Well, I mean, anywhere that there's uh, there's a need for clean water. So um, right in our backyard, you know, we're uh, trying to help the state of Florida figure out how to uh, get the right water flowing from uh, Okeechobee uh, down to the Everglades, right? So um, a lot of people don't know, but when the water starts, it takes seven years for it to come from up at Okeechobee to make it all the way down. And if it stays... If it stays the right course, it's filtered all the way down there so we don't get these algae blooms, we don't get these other problems. So it's a long, complex uh, process, and there's a lot of finger-pointing happening with it all the time. Uh, Costa just wants to make sure that our fish and our fisheries are in good shape. Everybody should just want to not have that pollutant water go out of the ocean. Everybody. It's not just anglers. That's common sense. That is common sense. And it's a it's a big issue in Florida. You know, I mean, that's you don't you know, you you move to Florida for the beaches. Right. Um, Not for smelly beaches with dead fish floating. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So, um, you know, other thing that we're very proud of is our one coast project, which uh, really all spawned out of the disasters that happened this last fall during hurricane season with uh, Harvey and Irma, we just released a short film about uh, our experiences after the Hurricane Irma down in the Florida Keys. Uh, and, you know, I, I think the, the thing that I, I, I would say I'm most proud of in, in probably my, my entire career is uh, the work that we did in the Keys after Irma. That, uh, uh, that A, our leadership let us do it when we said we want to go down and help these people. Down there fairly... At- we were right after. Yeah, I mean, really directly. As soon as, um, you know, they had, they had you know, barricades and blockades, and uh, they let us through to help the folks out that live down there, and uh, we were able to. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecovis store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. You know, at first, quite frankly, as we're driving down there and we're just seeing this destruction, you know, I mean, we're driving around boats that were just swept onto the highway and there's just garbage and collapsed homes and collapsed lives everywhere. And it was really daunting as we were we were driving down to really connect with some of our, our main guides in the Florida Keys. And, you know, the thoughts were like, what are we going to be really be able to do to help? Uh, but what I would say is, you know, what we did is we just help people put one foot in front of the in, in front of the other and uh, we started out with a group of four of coast employees and we went to one guy's house then that was will Benson then he joined the club and then uh, you know Justin Ray and then you know um, I mean the Shane Smith uh, you know the shard family like and everywhere where we went 
we would pick up more people to help, and then we became a wolf pack of about 25 people. So. Are you sure you're not a conservation organization that makes eyewear? <laughs> uh, I, I would say that we're a purpose-driven company, and we really, I, I believe, and I, I know I believe for my colleagues, that um, you know, we, we feel like we're lucky to have a great product, and you know, we think our product's wonderful, but we're a real purpose-driven company, and we believe that we're, that we're doing something special here, and we believe we're making a difference. And, uh, you know, if you can say that about, you know, your job, then I, I think we've got something figured out. Fantastic. Yeah. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you. Always happy to be here. And so. this time it actually recorded, unlike the one we tried to do. <laughs> that's, that's right. That, yeah, that, that's, it still upsets me, the stupid software. Uh, you know, All right. Right. technology. Right. What are you going to do? All right, Wish Your Fish Ken, what's going on this evening? Tonight we're having the Viking Hatch. It was inspired because the guys from Iceland are hosting it with us, and we decided to give it the Viking theme and eat fermented shark, basically rotten shark, and it tastes kind of like, what am I allowed to say on your podcast? I mean, you can always bleep it out. Okay, it tastes like rotten buttholes, but, you know, it's it, it's pretty awful, and I think it's going to be a spectacle. Besides that, we have great sponsors. We're going to be giving out hats, shirts, Reels, two-day trip to Iceland, you name it, it's we're giving it away. Even stuff from Daniel Gerardo's giving away Tenkara stuff. You name it, it's going to be there. And a lot of people, industry people, regular, you know, fly fishermen, uh, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. Do we have to wear pants? That's optional. Sweet. But Viking hat is a bonus. We we have I even bought Viking hats for people. That's I used right. to have one, and my wife threw it out. And from the Smithsonian, it was awesome. Yeah, I actually went all out and bought like a $50 Viking helmet that's like full on steel. Actually, I do have one. Yeah. Like I, have a, I got a steel head last year wearing my Viking soft really? hat. That's, gotta get a that piece of that is, guy here. That's here. a moulet. Here. <laughs> uh, so these guys brought the shark with them? Is that. Yes, they you bought. Can travel with it? Yeah, they bought two kilos of it. <laughs> oh. Well, they're Iceland. I guess they know what kilos are. I don't. Yeah. Unless you live in Miami. Look, that's, look. I bought this yeah. Viking helmet and this horn mug just for this party. I think I spent more on this than the rest of the other stuff. So the, the rotten shark, is it like firm? So you eat like little slices or is it like, like a squares. ground? It's squares, like cubes? cubes? So you got to chew it. Oh, yeah, nice. There you go. My Viking hat from Sweden. You should, you should have had that. should have brought that. should have brought that. You'd have fit right in. Oh, my God. But I got... I got plastic Viking helmets, so like we're going to like put them on people, you know. We got Viking beer. Einstuck is sponsoring it. There's no Opal, is there? No, just I had that Einstuck. last year with them. Imagine green NyQuil mixed with kosher salt. That's what Opal <laughs> tastes like. And it stains the bottle black. It's a clear glass bottle. Ugh, yeah. That sounds right. awful. Where can we find you when you're not at the Viking party? Online. Online, you can see me at uh, wishforfish.com, but mostly at YouTube forward slash wishforfish. There you go. How's Greensboro doing? Greensboro, it is what it is, you but I grits? was... Of course, that's a, that's that's a staple. But I was in like you know Atlantic City, New Jersey, and you know anywhere will beat Atlantic City, New Jersey. So there you go. There you go. We'll take that. All right. We'll see you guys at the party. I hope. Well, I am on my way to this Viking after party today. Other than walking around and talking to people, was rather boring going to say maybe 15 people came by to us today, to our table. It was, if I hadn't walked around 
I would have been bored out of my mind. Let's go, dude. Oh my God, these Jersey roads. I'm going to put a screenshot of what Google Maps had me do. And you won't believe it. These roads are awful. Like I was saying, today was rather boring. Not many people came by. I demonstrated my Snallygaster. I demonstrated some damsels. And I demonstrated how to tie a frog pattern. That was it. I would walk away to go interview some people. Come back. And Uncle Bob and Tony said nobody came by our table. I'm just going to say we're in a bad location. And... Yeah, it was pretty bad today. It just wasn't that much fun. So I had to walk around. The venue's big. It's like walking around a Pac-Man game. There's a left, there's a right, there's another left. And it's kind of a big maze. It wasn't as close together as the previous location, but it's bigger and there's more to see. So I'm hoping tonight's entertainment will be a little more entertaining than the daytime and Maybe Sunday will be more like the Friday show, and we'll have a little bit more foot traffic. So that's about it. I'm going to go watch people eat fermented shark and drink Viking hooch. We'll see how the evening goes. I may record there. I may not. We'll just see what happens. After party with the Viking guys. We're drinking Aquavit. And there's, how, is it two kilos of shark? Two kilos of rotten, or, well, let's say fermented shark, to be, like, polite about it. But Those it's, are both an understatement. That's what it is. It's horrendous. Tim Flagler, are you going to eat the shark? I am not going to eat the shark. I refuse. He's going to eat the shark. We're going to have him. You're going to try a piece. No, like a little nibble. No. This I, is a little I, nibble. I, I don't even want to smell this stuff. That's horrible. I'm you are s- holding it like you were brown. I'm going to have cats following me around the rest of the night. I'm lucky. I squeezed the lemon into my water before I picked it up, so my hand smelled like lemons. There's a good turnout. How many? 20, 30 people here? Yes. We're in Viking helmets, drinking Aquavit. Jessica Callahan is over here painting. There's people like myself wearing Viking helmets, and I'm exhausted after a long day. There's a lot of money going into the raffle here. Christian! Something's going on over here. I'll find out. I don't know. She can eat shark over here? Side bets here. Side bets. Let's talk about the Buckeyes. You can't use profanity. wrestling? No. Yeah. Yeah, why do you think we're here? Hey, did you see Iowa We're lost? Pennsylvania. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to edit the F word out of the podcast. Oh. What, is that where you're going? Yeah, I'll edit you out. We're just having fun. Where are you at? Right now? Why are you here? Fly fishing. Fly fishing. Oh, well, I live on the top three fly fishing streams in the state of Pennsylvania. Which one? Penn Creek. You do, got, do you you got hidden, hidden uh, whatever, Penn's Creek. You got Honey Creek, and then you got uh, Lost Creek. I only know pens of those three. Yeah, so but not- Honey Creek, but they let it all die out because uh, what happened is they wanted not to stock it. They went all native, and it drained out. So it sucked. Yeah. 
We go to every wrestling match, every football game. Are you familiar with Joe Humphreys, the great wrestler for Penn State? He yep. taught fly fishing at Penn State for years. Does anybody know the wrestler Joe Humphreys? All right, so the shark is being currently on. <laughs> it's being unwrapped. Oh my! I, okay, I've said on the podcast before that the worst smell in the world is a dead dolphin on a beach. This stuff, I don't know how the bar allowed you to bring this stuff in. So we got drunk Penn State guy who's going to have some. A couple other individuals at the bar are going to eat it too. There's no receptacle for vomit at the moment. It's whitish looking, and it's the smell is through the airtight packaging. Now, do you guys buy this at the store like that, or is that family made? Uh, no, actually, this is family made, but uh, you can buy it at the store in Iceland. It's delicious. It's really delicious. It's a delicious. I'm dry heaving just from the smell. There are bad ideas in the world when people are consuming adult beverages. This might this might take the uh, the cake. The smell in here. I'm. If you remember, oh, it's slimy. Oh, oh we get a pic- can I get a picture of that? It looks like brains. It honestly looks just like... <coughs> it, it looks like brains in, in a package. I think this bar is going to clear out once this is opened. Are you having some? Hell no. Are we making sure Penn State guy has some? They're all having some. I, I gave him a shot of Aquavit, and he threw it over the bar. No. Oh. Oh. Uh, yeah, this is going to be a legendary, disgusting event. All the times I've been congested in my life, unfortunately, this is not one of them. I need that nose ointment from... No, you got it. I need the nose ointment from Silence of the Lambs. I would put two woolly buggers up my nose right now if I could. And the people at the bar are rather oblivious to all of this going on. When I used to ride my bike to through Georgetown on my way to the office back in the day, in the summer. This is reminiscent of the smell of the seafood in the dumpsters. It was 90 degrees at 6.30 in the morning. Everyone has little or dirt plates and itty-bitty one-ounce solo cups full of um, full of aquavit. Everyone has, like, the Mr. Yuck look on their faces. You going in? I'm surprised there are not seagulls breaking down the door of this joint right now. It's low tide, and I don't know how they ferment it. It's just disgusting. Ken, So Ken's wearing this metal helmet, and they gave him a giant yarmulke to wear underneath it. 
You have to take a shot of Brennivin. And then you got three minutes. Three minutes to eat your, eat your shark. The one who, who the one who finished first wins. Everybody got shots? You got shot? Your painting is gonna smell like shark. on some travels have you ever smelled anything like this uh, I've eaten this and I know that it's the worst thing that's ever been in my mouth it's terrible it's like so acidic that once it gets in your mouth it feels like it's eating your like the tissue in your mouth and then it's like super duper concentrated like fish oil that's what it tastes like yeah. it triggers your barf reflexes like the second that there's nowhere for people to throw up either. That was Courtney Boyce of Blue Halo. It's got this unctuous, slimy, the lights are reflecting off of it. It's, uh, they're weighing the plates. Uh, there's a digital scale and they're giving everybody like 32 cubes of this stuff it's burning my nostrils I'm doing the hard work so you people don't have to do this. Wow. And then you have all these innocent bystanders that can't figure out why their local pub smells like death. Oh, they just opened another bag. I'm surprised the digital scale hasn't dissolved from the odor. Oh, there's liquid coming out with that one. Oh, I'm gonna throw up, but I'm not even eating it. Oh, I got a whiff. These guys need to pour a little faster so we can get out of here. I'm waiting to see who throws up first. There are no utensils on the table except. Oh, they're eating. Plates are being passed out. All right, looks like we're gonna start eating. I want to hear who's ready for some shark. All right, here it goes. They're gonna do a shot and then they're gonna eat. I'm so glad I don't have to be near these people tomorrow. It's gonna be coming out of their pores. There's shark chunks on the table. Someone's gonna vomit. Someone's getting more shoveled on their plate.
Oh my god, he's gonna do a hip. Disgusting. I'm going to bed. These people are nasty. How was it? Good. Really good. I, I don't know how to describe it. I've never eaten show. Okay, that's it. I'm done. I'm leaving. We're going to learn about some bamboo rods now. Massimo, do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, hello everybody. I'm Massimo. I come from Italy. And I started to build bamboo rods 10 years ago, professionally. I do this full time. And this is my seven years on the road that I came here to the, to the show. I mean, it was the summer set. My roads are 100% handmade, so I don't use any machine along all the process. Everything is made by hand. And they take uh, between 80 and 90 hours of work for one road. Yeah. How did you decide... I'm going to start making bamboo rods. Yeah, I, uh, I'm, when I was very young, I got the passion for the sports, so for, for fly fishing. At the same time, I was very passionate about woodworking. So 11 years ago, I went for a um, trip, fishing trip in Tuscany. And there was the first class of the Italian Bamboo Rod Maker Association. So I took the class with them. I stayed with them seven years, so doing every year more steps learning and learning then I start to teach him too so that's uh, how I get involved on building bamboo and then it became from an hobby it became my full-time occupation now Good for you yeah that's yeah what I like to hear yeah uh, can you walk me through some of these cork grips what they're made out of yeah uh, uh, there's I, cork and then there's yeah I, I don't know what I like cork but I like also use other material and here you uh, you can see the birch bark which is something quite unique here in the U.S. It's not very common because it's something they use in Northern Europe for uh, knife handles or stuff like this. So it's beach bark. Then I use rattan. Which is that, is, that's just wound? No, no. This is our single slices. Cut it and glue it up together. Oh my and goodness. then you shape them. Yeah. Wow. The difference between a, a kind of handle like this is when you make a cork, you glue up between 10 and 12 single pieces. When you use birch bar, they are going to be 60, 70, so it's a very, very long work. But the result, I mean, it's something I really like because they join the functionality of the cork because if they get wet, they don't get slippery. At the same time, they are very nice for the eyes because they recall wood. So that's why. You have all bamboo ferrules? I make both bamboo ferrules and metal nickel silver ferrules. And then, what is it? That's a little cap. Is that to keep yeah, like a shoehorn? Yeah. yeah, this is something. I mean, it's just for the protection from moisture or sands or uh, something like this. It's a, a classic plague for the for the bamboo ferrules. And a couple of years ago, I started to work on a very a quite unique shape of the road. It's not a regular hexagon road. 
it's something that is called widened X. You have a low profile on the casting plane, so the road comes out very accurate, and all the roads are allow built. So what I'm trying to do is trying to make something new in terms of action in the bamboo world without losing the gentle touch of the material. So this is something I'm trying to do. So all my roads are quite medium to fast action. And can we talk about the line you have? Is this the line you would suggest for your rods? Yeah, this is the silk line. So it's a classic for bamboo rods. They are phoenix, so it's one of the best you can get in the market now. There is a lot of history behind this line. They start with Kingfisher, and then they have been bought by a nice couple of guys who live now in France, Mike Brook and his wife, Jen. They are, I mean, silk line, it's nice. People think they are good only for bamboo, but they actually have great performances on carbon too, and graphite or fiberglass. That's because for the same weight, you get a smaller diameter of the line. So the wind penetration is great. Your loops is going to be very tighter, and the delicacy of your delivering the, the fly on the, the water is it's going to be great. And they... They seem to be very expensive, but if you take a little care of them, they, they are going to be with you maybe seven, ten years, so they will last more and more than a classic PVC line. Are these rods for sale, or are these what people can look at to have you build them a rod? Yeah, as, as I told you before, I do everything by hand, so during the year I cannot build so many rods. What I do normally, I get order on commissions, and then I ship from Italy, basically in the U.S., but also Northern Europe, Australia too. And uh, uh, the, the road you see here, they are made to be shown and sold and sell to the show. Yeah, so if you want, you can buy one directly here. Fantastic. Do you have a, a website where people can look at all your yeah, stuff? Yeah, I have a website. It's www.t. Uh, how do you say the dash 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 roads.it fantastic all right anything else uh, the listeners should know about what you do no i mean it's something i would like to underline is that also we have great fly fishing in italy so of course you can come to italy for food culture and arts but i suggest to add this little cherry on the cake you will be surprised about how good can be trout fishing in italy it's on my list okay I guess I say mil grazie. Mille grazie, grazie a te. Thank Fantastic. you very much. Thank you. Thank you. All right, we're with Bruce Corwin. Let's talk about Solar Easy. Well, or Solar Res, depending upon how you look at it, or, or Solar Res, or depending upon what part of the country you're in. Uh, anyway, this is a UV resin. That meaning that it is uh, activated by ultraviolet light. It's a resin. And our particular products have the distinction of being 100% tack-free, uh, which requires no using of denatured alcohol to clean them off or anything like that. We have a thick, hard product. We have a thin, hard product. And we also have a flexible uh, flex product that are all activated by UV and they're also again tack free. We also have our really one of our flagship products which is called Bone Dry. I use that stuff all the time. Yeah, it's so good. It's just unbelievable. The viscosity on it or uh, the weight of it is basically very similar to a thin head cement 
and uh, again, it will saturate the first couple of layers of, of thread, and it creates a really clear and hard shell coating or overcoat. Um, I use it to coat trout fly heads. Um, if I'm tying classic streamers, I use it for those. I also use um, a lot of the products for salt water. For example, if I'm tying surf candies, um, I will use the Flex as it comes down where the body starts to elongate on a surf candy. And it, it gives it a softer feel and allows it to shimmy around just a little bit. And usually when the fish feel something hard, they tend to spit it. But using the Flex makes it a little easier to um, for the fish to feel that softness to it. Now, these things are also great for fixing little girls' toys. <laughs> I, I fix my daughter's dolls. I put their heads back on and arms. Well, There's uh, a lot of other things I fixed in the house that are not it's, it's really related. It's really funny that even if you... Um, even if you use the product, as long as you are ha- having it available to the light so the light can find it, it'll, it'll seal. Now, what I'm showing now, which obviously you guys can't see, is I made a new house key, which the color of this house key matches a lot of the other keys on my key ring. So what I did is I put two little drops of the Solares thick on there, cured it, and now in the, in the night and the dark, I can just feel for that key and I can feel that it's there. Um, it's very durable. It, again, is tack-free, and it will dry clear, crystal clear. And, for example, on a, sh- on a saltwater fly, uh, short of putting a bullet cast onto a jetty, it's not going to crack. Um, it, really, it really lasts for a long time, and um, you'll be able to use your flies for a long time as well if you coat them with it. What are the varieties of tubes and bottles it comes in? Well, the, right now, the bone dry comes in uh, one particular size. It comes with a brush, and it's a half-ounce half bottle. And the brush inside is a pointed brush, and uh, that, should go, that should go for a reasonable amount of time with trout flies. We also have uh, half-ounce half half tubes that are basically um, for you to get the feel of the product, or if you use one particular one more than the other, uh, you can try out the different viscosities with the half ounce. We have a two ounce bottle of each of the products, and we also have a four ounce bottle available. Sorry, I'm losing my voice a little bit after three days at the show. Where can we buy these products? Well, the products are distributed to fly shops through Hairline, so most any, most any fly shop around will currently be carrying it or will have it soon. You can buy it direct from Wahoo International on the web. Um, and it's, it's pretty available. It's, it's, it's around these days and uh, really has been the talk of this particular show for the entire weekend. It's been a hot product. Fantastic. All right, Bruce, thanks so much. Appreciate it. <laughs> Well, the morning started off a little busier. It's kind of slow right now. It's been really hot back here at our booth. I ended up taking off one shirt layer. I thought I was running a fever, and I went outside to cool off, and that completely woke me up. I felt so much better. And then I came back in. I was super hot. I go over to Flycraft, and I ended up laying down on the cold concrete by them. And on my way back to my booth, I bump into... Wish for fish, and I'm offered a sandwich from that giant sandwich deli up the street. Pastrami, a little bit of turkey, rye bread, some coleslaw sauce, and I 
put plenty of mustard on there. No mayonnaise, because my dad would consider that blasphemous. And I'm about to take my boots off and just stand here barefoot, because I'm really, really warm. I'm also tired. It's been a long week, and uh, sold some flies to one of the Bahama guides who wanted my shad puffs and saltwater hooks. And now it's, it's good people watching, eating some Chex Mix. And it's counting down the hours before I gotta get back in the car and drive back home completely exhausted. Turns out people stayed at the bar and ate more fermented shark until the wee hours last night. I still wish I had just gone to bed at 9 o'clock. I'm so exhausted right now. I'm just gonna sit here at my booth for a bit and people watch and hope that the AC turns on and maybe have uh, some ice water. That's about it for now. we got about three hours left to go. I'll probably wander around towards the end when people are petering out. See if I can get a couple more interviews. I don't want this to be the longest podcast in history. I definitely have to edit out last night's event. I can still dry heave just thinking about the shark juice dribbling down that dude's chin. It's horrendous. And today, let's see, Dennis stopped by. Senor Danito, Thomas, and Scott are here. And that's about it. Not too many local people. I see Scott and Thomas walking this way right now. And they've got shopping bags that are full, which they did not have last time they came through. We'll see what they bought. Thank you for joining us for the Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast. For more information or to contact Rob, please go to www.robsnowwhite.com. Chef Jean-Paul Bourgeois and the whole crew here at Duck Camp Dinners every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. I'm Will Cooper, host of HuntStand's Make Your Mark podcast. If you haven't already, download the free Waypoint TV app to listen to our podcast and watch the original films from HuntStand Presents anywhere, anytime, and on any device. Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Abyss Battery, Waypoint TV.